We pick up where we left off last week at verse 19. And we see that Paul tells us that there's, in con there's a contrast to the way people were darkened to the way we become enlightened. So how does Paul expect us to learn Christ? Because he uses a phrase here that is not used any other place in the Bible. And he certainly has something definite in mind. So we're going to take a look at what this phrase means. How do we learn Christ? What are we supposed to be doing? Last week we were looking at darkened. The same way that the unsaved can be darkened with the little light that they have, Christians can also be darkened by the same principles. So we have to make sure we stand and guard on those. Receive what it don't receive what is not the truth. If I receive what is not the truth, that is I'm on my way to being darkened. <clears throat> Closing your mind to the truth is another part of the path. Corrupting your thinking or your mind, thinking on the wrong kind of things, and walking in the way of darkness or corrupted actions, doing those things. <clears throat> for most people, for most Christians, the way out is to root out the first, or at least become open to the false thing that we believe, that it is false. Because your mind, because opening your mind to the truth won't happen until you do. So, before we got, before we got started... Here today we were having a little discussion on the Super Bowl, and um, somehow I got news Sunday night that the Bengals won. I saw a post on Facebook, I saw a new, I don't know what it was, I saw something that came on through and said, oh, the Bengals won. I said, oh, that's nice, we got a new, new team, hasn't been in there for a while. And I went to bed thinking that they won. Woke up the next day and saw something about the, the uh, Rams having won. I thought, well, what in the world? Now, see, in order for me to open up to the truth that the Rams won the Super Bowl, I had to first of, all, first of all realize that I may have had the wrong information on the Bengals <laughs> winning the Super Bowl. It seems to be... Um... All right, just so we're, just so we're good, good around. <clears throat> so, that's the same way here. If we accept something as being truth and are not open to it, uh, being questioned, if God can't get to us and say, hey, what you got in there you're thinking is truth is not, then we're going to continue on our path of being darkened. We have to be careful on, on those things. Let's pick up here at verse 20, real short verse. But you have not so learned Christ. Now, but this is in contrast to what has just gone on. And we'll get into that part in, in just a minute. He says, you have not so learned Christ. The word here for learn, I spent some time on this, this word to take a look at this and actually went on a deep dive in the, in the word to pull out all the places where this was used. And I just spent some time yesterday sitting down with each one of these verses and just kind of meditating on each one just to get a real handle on how this word is used. A couple of the references I didn't put in here were just basically repeats. Jesus, uh, in the story of the gospel, sometimes the same gospel writer will include the same word, but it's still the same story. So I just would give you one of those. Uh, there's only one one to look at in those. But the word here for learned is the Greek word manthano, which is a which it basically means to learn in any way or to come to understand. To learn in any way 
or to come to understand. 24 times in the New Testament it is translated learn. One time it's translated understand. So it stays pretty consistent on the, on this aspect of it. Vines puts it this way. He says it denotes first off to learn uh, and it's much akin to uh, a disciple. The word for disciple is very close to this word. So a disciple is basically one who learns. But it's, it's a noun. It's talking about a person who is a learner. So a disciple learns from the master, learns from the ones that they are a disciple of by following them around, by staying with them, by listening to their words, by watching their actions. They're basically looking at everything that they do to learn from them to become a disciple. So we see the same thing here. And the word for disciple is uh, just a very similar word to this, just a few changes on the ending. But he said, first off, it means to learn, to increase one's knowledge or be increased in knowledge frequently. It is to learn by inquiry or observation, which is why this word would be used for a, a disciple. Now, we're going to take this word as it goes through the, the Bible, but I had this in your outline here, so I'll, I'll give it to you. But, but here means in contrast to the process of how people are darkened which is accomplished by, there's two ways in which this is accomplished, the process for which people are darkened. First of all, they are darkened by principle, wrong understanding. And I apologize for giving you so little room for the area that's in the parentheses, but um, I, it's, it's either give you more room or, and drop something else out. So I figured you could write small and double line it. But the first thing is principle, a wrong understanding in parentheses. The second way is practice, and that is walking in the light it gives. So the process of being darkened, I broke down to two things here, principle and practice. Wrong understanding and walking in the light that understanding gives. If I continue to have a wrong understanding, and if I continue to walk in the light of that understanding, I will continue to be darkened, and the darkness will get greater and greater and greater. That's the process that he described. But, he says, you have not so learned Christ. That's not the process. That's not the way that you learn Christ. Now, he does not say you don't learn this way. He says you don't learn Christ this way. We learn how to be darkened that way. So, let's take a look at this word here for learn. We're going to take a look at its uses. Here in Matthew 9, verse 11 through 13. Then when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I put in your your ending here just to summarize this. And we're summarizing... One thing about what we can learn from this word, learn. <laughs> what, can, what can I increase my understanding about for this word, learn? Here's the first thing that you can see. Learning is intentional. It is not accidental. 
He says, go and learn what this means. That means you go, you take a direction to learn about something. This may happen at work. They may say, we need to know about this. And you have to set out to find out all that you can, all that's needed, all that comes along with it, how much it costs, all that, all that sort of stuff. You go and you learn about it. All that stuff doesn't come to you accidentally. It doesn't just find its way to your desk. You have to purpose. You have to search. You have to go and to, and to do these things. So the first thing we learn is that learning is intentional. If we are going to learn about Jesus Christ, it is intentional. I have to go after it. There's a whole lot of people in the body of Christ. They're not, it's not intentional to them. Well, whatever I come upon, you know, it's, nope, it has to be intentional. Matthew 11:28 through 30. Come to me, all you, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Verse 29 again. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Before he says learn from me, what's he say? Take my yoke upon you. Learning is engaging. It will engage you. If you just passively go after to, to learn something, you will only learn so much. But when you get actively engaged, something changes. I don't know when, when you all did this. I, I, can, I know exactly when I was growing up when this happened for me. Because I would go through school and my mom would tell me that they were always trying to hit on me to, you know, get me to apply myself more, to do more. I didn't want to sit around and study books. I wanted to go out and play football and hockey and, and stuff like that. Um, but they're trying to get me to, you know, to bear down, get your grades up. You're going to want to get to college pretty soon. I still had some more years for, for all that. But there was a, a course that we took uh, when I was pursuing the biology aspect of things. And we had to do uh, a paper that I guess most people would have, in my day, we, we called them a term paper. And this was uh, around, around 50 type pages that you had to do on a, on a particular topic. Now, this is before Google and, of course, computers and all that sort of stuff. So that we had to find all this stuff out, going into the library, pulling out the card catalog, looking up stuff, finding the book, pulling the book out, going back, reading the book, writing things down, marking pages in the book, all that sort of stuff. We all know the, the you didn't, I didn't mark them with anything permanent, but you had to mark them with a, you had to put a, you know, index card in there. So that you can come back there. This is what's here. So we have these books and all these index cards in it. And then a notebook with all the stuff written down and where you got it from. And that engaged me. And I did a, I did a paper on the bubonic plague. I knew everything there was to know about the bubonic plague. I knew how it spread. I knew what it did. I know what people did to try and fight it. I knew uh, what kind of things they knew at that point about the... Uh, the, the pathogens and the things that were coming against them. I learned everything about it. I probably checked out of the library over the course of that time 50 books. And I read most of them. And um, wrote down all sorts of stuff and turned in that paper. And I was, by the time I finished it, I was an expert on the bubonic plague. I could tell you anything about it. I, could tell you, I can't do it anymore. It was a lot of years ago. But I could tell you then, I could tell you how many people they think died from it. I can tell you some of the ways they went after trying to, to cure it. 
some of the things they try to do to prevent it. All the, all the different things that are going on with the towns that were wiped out. I learned all these different things that were, were going on with it. It was a, it was a terrible, uh, terrible thing that had happened. But it didn't pull me in because of how gross it was or how, uh, of all the death. What pulled me in was I had an interest in biology. I had an interest in how these things affected people and I had an interest in how they could battle them. And so I began to do the study and to, and to pull that in, but it engaged me. And so I was found very often going to places with books, stacks of books, six, seven, eight books, you know, about as much as I could carry, to get through them, write down things, and, and, and put this, this uh, paper together. And it wasn't a chore to me. I loved it. I was so engrossed in this and getting this thing done. It was the first thing that I really found that, that pulled me in. Because if you're going to learn about something, you've got to be engaged. It's got to grab hold of you. If you're going to learn about Christ, you've got to be engaged. He says, take my yoke upon you. That's the first thing. You've got to be engaged in this thing and learn from me. Matthew 24, verse 32. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is, is near. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. Learning involves observation. If you are going to truly learn about something, you need to sit back and just observe. You can't go into it to, to look at the thing to find what you want. You have to just sit back and objectively look at whatever it is that you're seeing and try and keep all the preconceived ideas out and we were doing some of the things with science that was one of the biggest challenges we had to do keep the preconceived ideas at check you got to keep them back you got to go into this thing and observe because if you keep thinking about what you already know if you keep thinking about what is already thought to be true it'll bias you in some of the observations that you need to make and so you had to be able to sit back and just observe. But you've got to observe the right things if you're going to learn the right things. He says, now learn this parable, learn this parable from the fig tree. And he's telling them what to learn. When you go there, this is what you need to learn. He didn't say go and learn this parable from the, the grapevine. He didn't say go and learn this parable from the apple tree. He has a particular thing he wants to see, them to see. And he says, go to this one and see it. But learning involves observation. I need to sometimes just sit back and observe and see what's going on. 2 Timothy 3, and 1 through 7. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep in the household and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, 
led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. There was a lot of verses, but if we didn't get the verses that were before, verse 7 wouldn't have made as much sense. So he's talking about these people that in the last days, these are some of the people that would come, that men would be lovers of themselves and list all the negative traits about these people. Some of the things that they would do, creeping into households, making captives of gullible women. But here in verse 7, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Learning discovers truth. True learning will discover truth. It's not like these people who want to put out, well, we learned this, and then two weeks later, well, that's not true. Well, then you didn't really learn that, did you? Because learning discovers truth. Then truth is truth. But you see, sometimes people are not applying the proper principles of learning. And what they come out with is not truth. But learning discovers truth. Paul in his day is saying, he saw this with some of the people, but he said in the last days, this is going to get worse. More more of this is going to happen. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I think of an example that uh, Keith Moore told. He was having a discussion with uh, one of his, um, I think, old friends who had gone to seminary. And Keith didn't go that direction. He, uh, he didn't like some of the things that came out of seminary. He didn't go to the, the seminary, but this particular person did. And they got on the discussion on a particular Bible topic. He didn't mention what it was. I guess it wasn't real important for the, the story. But he said, um, they, he, uh, I think Keith asked them, he said, well, what do you think on this topic? And he said, well, Professor so-and-so says thus and thus about this. And so I think Keith questioned him. He said, so that's what you think? Well, there's another scholar who thinks this and this about this passage. It's completely different from, from that one. Uh-huh. So what do you think about it? Well, then there's this other, uh, other person, other expert, and they think this and this about the passage. So what this person was basically doing was doing all this learning, but never came to the truth. There's no conclusion. There's no end result. True learning someone who pursues Christ, you will come to truth. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. But here, these are people always learning. Just because people say they're learning or give the appearance of learning doesn't mean they are. Because learning discovers truth. If you're never learning truth, with the learning that you're doing, it is pointless and has absolutely no benefit at all. What good is it to do to have all these opinions but not to know which, which is right? Can you imagine driving on down the road and coming up to a, to a stop sign and having all these opinions? <laughs> well, some people think <laughs> that you don't need to stop at the stop sign. And then other people think that you need to stop at the stop sign and come to a complete stop, whereas other people think that you come to the stop sign and you come to a rolling stop and that's sufficient. 
Well, when you're coming up to the stop sign, that's not going to do you a whole lot of good to have all these opinions. You need to know what are you going to do when you come up to the stop sign. Hebrews 5.8. Speaking of Jesus, we're jumping here in the middle of this one, but we have enough of it that you can get it. Though he was a son, speaking of Jesus, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Learning can be difficult. Learning is not always easy. Sometimes some of the things we have to learn come with some very difficult lessons. Revelations 14 and verse 3. They sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. Learning can be selective. Sometimes we are not in a position to learn some things. And there's other places in Scripture where it shows that certain people because of what they had been through, were in a position to see something, to learn something. Some of us may be, glory to God, I do not have to learn that. But, here for these ones, they were the only ones that could learn this song. That is the same word that is used there. So, learning can be selective. Learning can be difficult. Learning discovers It discovers truth. Learning is engaging. Learning involves observation. And learning is intentional. These are things that are about learning. These are things that we need to keep in mind. <clears throat> if we are going to learn, those are the aspects that are involved with it. Get engaged. If you want to learn Christ, you've got to get engaged. You've got to be involved. It's not just going to happen. It's intentional. You have to go after it. There are some things you may not be in a position to learn. We saw the example from Revelation on that. But um, despite what people are trying to say in the news right now, men will never learn what it is like to give birth. I don't want to learn what it's like to give birth. I have no desire. I'm not selected to learn that. But learning can be selective that way. I may not be in a position. There are some things, uh, I think for some people, that are pursuing a prophet's ministry. God has called them to that. There are certain things they're going to learn because of that position that other people will not learn. But they're also going to be in a position to learn some things that other people may not be learning. Just because other people don't know, it doesn't mean that it's not valuable. Let's read our, our main verse here, first verse here again. But you have not so learned Christ. You have not come to learn Christ by principles that are corrupt 
and by practices that are corrupt. That's not how we learn Christ. That's how the world learns the things of the world. That's how they learn how to be darkened. That's how they learn the darkness. But that's not how you're going to learn Christ. You cannot pursue the things of the world and learn Christ. But you, in contrast, but you have not so learned Christ. Every time that I give in and yield to temptation, I am giving myself an opportunity to learn about darkness. We gave you the three classifications of sin last time. The one, which is the ones that you stumble upon. These are not the ones that are going to affect you the greatest. Don't do it. It's good. It has an effect, but it's not the great effect. Habitual sins. These are ones that are going to take you more into the area of being darkened and, and darkness. And lifestyle sins. These ones, if you embrace in a lifestyle sin, it is going to keep you from learning the things of God, which is why certain lifestyle sins that are in the Word of God, God says they cannot inherit the kingdom of God because all that you can learn is darkness. But they think they're pursuing Christ. You see, if you pursued Christ, you wouldn't go this way. But you, in contrast to, but you have not so learned Christ. If you are going to learn Christ, you cannot pick up the tools of darkness and continue to pursue the light. You, you just can't do it. Doesn't mean that God stops loving you. He's just he's trying to say, look, you cannot go this direction. The enemy has deceived you. He's got you thinking that you can go this way and receive the things of God. You will not receive the things of God going this direction. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him. Now, I looked up that word heard, and I think that one was used a couple hundred times in the word of God and pretty much just means they heard him. <laughs> there wasn't anything real special about it. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him. Now, being taught, I think, wasn't used quite a hundred times in the word, but it's always used the same way that I could see. It's when Jesus was teaching the multitudes, when Paul would teach, when certain people would get up and they would teach. It's, it's always used in that same kind of a way. So hearing wasn't anything, or heard wasn't anything special, and taught wasn't anything special. He's just saying this. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. If indeed you have heard him. It would seem here that the key is not the, the heard and the taught. It's the him. Remember in the, in the word of God, it says many will come in my name. Many will pass themselves off as having the truth. There are many people in the body of Christ today who are teaching people that certain lifestyles are just fine and you'll get to heaven. You can sin and do whatever it is you please and God will forgive you and you'll get to heaven. But you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus. 
Paul dealt with people in his day who taught folks the wrong way to God. Case would be the Galatians. I am amazed at how quickly you have left the gospel of Jesus Christ for one that is not like it. When he uses the word for another there, he's using two different Greek words. And he says, you are taking on a gospel that is not even the same type of the gospel we gave you. If indeed you have heard him. But you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him. You see, if the people had heard things taught that were not of Christ, then they begin to pursue things of darkness. They begin to pursue sins. They begin to pursue habitual sins. They begin to pursue lifestyle sins. And they're perfectly fine with these. Because someone in the body of Christ taught them that it's okay. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him. And then he goes on and says this. As the truth is in Jesus. The truth is in Jesus. Now go back over to Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Come to me all who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How are we to learn Christ? What is this verse, these verses here trying to teach us? Come to me all, who, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, people who carry around these lifestyle sins, carry around these habitual sins, trying to pass them off as being okay, are carrying around a heavy burden and it's wearing them down. People that are not able to put these things off on Christ, who not, don't have the forgiveness, the weight of, I know what I'm doing is wrong. In my spirit, I know it's wrong. In my head, I've convinced myself that this is okay. But in my spirit, I know it's wrong and it weighs you down. And he says, come to me. All you folks that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. See, they took on a different yoke. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. God wants us to be able to walk in rest, not striving. Love. Not fear. Forgiveness. Not judgment. He wants us to walk in trust. Not suspicion. Faith. Not unbelief. And the list would go on. But the enemy doesn't want us to do this. The enemy doesn't want you to walk in trust. He wants you to walk in suspicion. So he's always telling you things about other believers. They think this. They said this. They're doing this. To get you to not trust them. The word of God says believe the best in them. But you see I feel like. This is going on. I need to protect myself. You got fed something. You didn't hear from Christ on that. I'm not walking in the rest. I'm striving. You see I know. I've got a habitual sin. Oh, I know I should get rid of that. I know I, I, I got to get rid of that. I got to put every effort into getting rid of that. So that I can come before God. I'm not resting. I'm striving. What I need to do is come before God and says, God, I thank you that you love me. I got this sin. Man, it's a habit. 
I just keep falling into it. Might be gossip, might be something that is destructive to your body, destructive to other people, whatever it might be. But it's a habitual sin. You keep coming after it. You keep going there. The Word of God uses the term the sin that so easily besets us. This is the sin that snags us so so easily. We just get pulled right into it. But we just come to God. God, I have this weakness. Will you help me with it? And God says, absolutely, we will. What I need you to do is realize that it's not something you should be doing. That is wrong. And now we can work something out. But see, the devil has sold these people on. That's not wrong. Uh, it used to be wrong. I know the Bible used to say it, it was bad, but it's not wrong anymore. But see, down in the spirit, they still know it's not right. And that's why it's a weight. That's why it sits upon them that way. Jesus says, no, come on over here. I love um, that example that was used. Of, um, I think it was Keith who, who mentioned he was praying over somebody who came to him. And for him, it was cigarettes. He wanted to give up the cigarettes. And he said, every time, I know I've got to give these things up. And he, he felt very strongly he had to do this in order to have his, his walk right with God. So he, uh, he did everything. He burned them. And then ended up going back out to the store and getting more ones. And uh, just so many different things. He did patches. He did all sorts of stuff trying to get rid of this habit. And so he came up there to the front and he was praying for them. And uh, Brother Keith prayed over him and he said, Now look, I want you to do this. Well, you promised me that you'll do this. And he said, Well, I, I, I will if I can. <laughs> he said, Every time that you go out and light up a cigarette, I want you to say, I am delivered from cigarette smoking. But I'd be smoking. I know. <laughs> Every time that you light up that cigarette, I want you to say, I am delivered from cigarette smoke. And he had a hard time getting his head around that. But I'd be, I'd be smoking. Yeah, that's right. And so he did. He finally agreed. He went on out there and he did that. And it wasn't more than a couple of weeks. He came back and says, I don't even want to anymore. Don't even want to. You see, God got in there. That's a, that's a rest way to do it. He was doing it the striving way. We don't, we're not here to strive. God's yoke is easy. The devil wants you to fight that flesh nature on your own. And you'll lose. In James 1.19 So then, my, brother, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Boy, those three things are hard to do. Swift to hear. No, a lot of times we're swift to shut down what it is that we're hearing. No, I don't agree with that. No, I don't like that. No, no, no. Slow to speak. That's not normal. Most people, as soon as they hear something, they want to speak right up. Slow to wrath. No, no, no. You got me mad. And we want to, we want to show it. But it's, this is what he says. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Last couple of weeks, this is not the only place we've seen this. We need to take the word that we hear and put it to work. Be a doer of it. 
Do be a doer of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. If what you say you believe has no effect on your outward character, your outward actions, then it is useless. If they cannot control how you speak, how you think, how you handle people, how you, how you are loving on them or, or hateful to them. If it has no bearing on any of that, what good is it? If it doesn't do anything. It's like getting that new kitchen gadget they advertise on the TV. And you get it home and it doesn't do what it seems like it was supposed to do. Well, you said it would do this, but it doesn't seem to do it. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless, pure, and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, keep oneself unspotted from the world. Boy, that's a tough one. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. The world just seems to throw its dirt all over the place and Christians seem to pick it up. But we shouldn't. Too many Christians are adapting the viewpoints of the world instead of the world adopting the viewpoints of Christians. Jesus in his day, people came to him and tried to pressure him to come and believe like he did. The Pharisees, why are you sitting among the tax collectors and the sinners? We don't do that. You shouldn't do that. They tried to pressure him. Paul was pressured to act like the Jews. Barnabas was pressured to act like the Jews around the Jews. Peter was pressured to act like the Jews around the Jews. Paul even had to exhort Peter and Barnabas because of their actions when the Jewish people came to town. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. We want to make sure that the things we're learning are not useless. I've got to become a doer of what I learn. If I do not begin to habitually put into practice the things that I learn, I'm not going to learn it. <clears throat> the way that people are darkened is they learn a principle that is false and they walk in the light of it. Now Paul said, but you have not so learned Christ. You have not learned by lear learned Christ by pursuing darkened principles and putting them to work. He didn't say that's not how you learn. He said that's not how you learn Christ. If you're going to learn Christ, you've got to learn the enlightened principles and put the enlightened principles to work. So when I learn something from the Word of God, this is how I am to think. This is how I am to believe about others. This is how I am to forgive. This is how I am to walk. This is how I am to talk. This is how I am to act. This is who I'm supposed to look after. This is who I'm supposed to visit. This is who I'm supposed to love on. And I don't put those things into practice. 
my religion has done me no good. It's not having any effect. But as James said here, be doers, verse 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because if I'm a hearer only, I'm deceiving myself. I'm thinking I have learned things that are helping me, but they're not helping. Because I'm not changing. The way that I learn Christ is to learn principles that come from Him and then put them to work. That's how I learn Christ. And it's important that we learn Christ. Now, what do you do with carnal Christians? Debate always goes on in, in circles. Were they, were they ever born again? Some people want to say, well, if they're carnal Christians, they didn't lose their salvation, they were never saved. And um, I, I don't get into that debate. <laughs> what I know is that if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be a Christian, I need to take what the Word of God teaches me, put it into practice in my life, and every day, every year, every month, I ought to be able to look back and say, I've learned more, and I put more into practice. And I keep, I don't compare myself to somebody else. Well, I'm better than so-and-so. That don't matter. Did I get better than what I was last year? Am I walking more into the principles of the Word of God this year than I was last year? It doesn't matter if I'm walking better than brother or sister so-and-so. I don't get compared to them. I get compared to what I know and what I've been taught and what God has brought to my, uh, my, uh, uh, my revelation, my spirit. He's brought things to me. What have I done with them? That's what matters. I've got to change me. I want to help other people get there, but I've got to change me. And by changing me, I can help show the way for other people. Verse 22. Well, let me go back here and read this whole thing. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus. The truth is in Jesus. You get a false Jesus out there, you get a false uh, teacher out there who's not of Jesus, you're not going to have truth. That you put off concerning the formal conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now this thing here, put off, uh, we've used this example a few times here recently, but it's like putting on or taking off a coat. That's what this is talking about. That you put off Concerning the formal conduct, the old man which grows. Now the part here that you put off, that you is tied to taught by him. In the Greek, in verse 21. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So when he says here that you put off, the things that are taught by Christ are that you put off. You see that? It's one of those things that's taught by Christ. If someone is teaching that you are not to or don't have to put off these things, they are not of Christ. Because Christ is teaching you, put them off. Keep the whole picture here in, in, in focus. 
He starts off with a darkening process. The darkening process is to take, take things that are not truth and embrace them as truth and begin to order your behavior accordingly. Some of those things are, you are born a boy, but you're a girl. That's false. Somebody believes it, and they begin to order their behavior by it. They're walking in darkness. And there's a lot of things that uh, they can come under that. But he says, first off, that you put off. If someone or teaching is coming to you about not putting these things off, the former conduct, that's not of Christ. That's why the Greek is, is tying this together. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. People who just pursue things that they lust after, that's the old man. That's going to bring corruption. You've got to put them off. It's not going to help you. It's going to hinder you. It's going to, it's going to hold you back. There are certain things that are not, they're, they're not equipped for you. I think I've mentioned it to you before. But for wintertime running, I don't, I don't, uh, any, any time, period. There's, there's one piece of material I will never wear running ever again. I used to. Used to wear it all the time. And that is cotton. Cotton is the worst material that you can ever go out and run in. Now before, that's all we had. Cotton sweatshirts, cotton shirts, everything was cotton. And it was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Summer running was terrible. Winter running was even worse. I don't, I have cotton, but I don't wear it to run. I won't, and now I'm even switching over most of the stuff I have to wool. Even in the, some of the summertime stuff I have is wool. Because it's just, it, it performs so much better. But cotton is terrible. If you have a piece of cotton on and you are running, it is going to weigh you down. It's going to make you cold if it's in the winter. It's going to make you too hot in the summer. It's just, it's, it's not going to help out. So you, you take it off. You put something else on. And this is what we have to, to learn with this. There are certain things in this world the devil wants you to put them on because he knows it's going to hinder you. Put this on. Look how nice it looks. Look how much fun it will be to wear this. Look at all the enjoyment you're going to have by going in this particular direction. Huh. Yeah. Look at all that fun. And so we, we put it on. But Paul says, no, that's your formal conduct. If you put that on, you are not learning Christ and you're going to be going in the direction of darkening. You are going to be darkened. But you won't know it because the light that you have in you is darkness, but you think it's light. How many of you ever heard Christians go around and they spout stuff like it's revelation? And you hear it and you say, Dear Lord, holy cow. I, you just want to do a double. You believe that? Well, I know it's true. And you just, you just shake your head. How can you possibly think that thing is true? How'd they do? But we are to put off concerning your formal conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. That's the first thing. First thing is, put off. It is most important 
according to this list right here, that you put off the old man. It's the first thing he says. Before you can put on anything else, you got to put off some stuff. You got to take them off. Put off the old man concerning your former conduct. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I think it's extremely curious that this is number two. Because if it was me, go on and read verse 24. And that you put on the new man. Now, if it's me and I'm just thinking about this, I'm thinking, put off, put on, renew. That's not how Paul put it here. He said, put off, renew, and put on. Let's take a look at this. So we got the put off part done. The enemy wants you to put it back on because he knows the darkening process begins by you receiving light that isn't light so that it will change your conduct to be like the old man instead of the new. That's the darkening process. What Paul says is, first of all, we've got to stop that darkening process. We've got to get you out of that. We've got to get rid of the, the false stuff that's in there and the behavior that that brought in. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Well, I, I guess I, I missed part of your thing there. I defined that word old there for you. The uh, put off concerning the former conduct, the old man. That old word old is old in the sense of worn out. Anybody have some stuff that's just worn out? I was, um, I was uh, walking around. And uh, my left foot on the outside had uh, started hurting. Started hurting about a month or month and a half ago. And you know, it just it was sore on the outside of the foot. The bone it felt like the bone was was sore. I'm walking around, why is that going on? You know, what my thought was I'm running too many miles, Steve. You need to back off. And I am running a lot of miles. I can't think of a time in my entire life I have run as much as I'm running right now. And I'm loving every minute of it. Now, I almost embraced that thought. I said, no, no, no. Father, you need to speak to me about what's going on with this thing. What's happening here? And so the, the thing that dropped in was, your shoes are old. Well, it has been over a year that I've replaced those things. I just thought they were less. I got a different brand. I just thought they were less than better. Oh. That, that, that well could be. So I, I ordered a, a new set of shoes. I had, fortunately had a, another pair that I had since uh, left that brand, but um, it was going to be a while until the other ones came on in, so I switched over to those and was starting to walk around and um, just giving that a, a new, new set. And the, the pain level there had already, already started to subside. It was getting a little bit, a little bit less. I mean, it's not a big deal. It wasn't a whole lot of pain. It's just something that I, I know it wasn't causing me to walk funny or, or uh, any any kind of discomfort like that. It's just something that I feel. And you know, whenever you feel something, you say, "Why? Well, what's going on with that?" <clears throat> so it still hurts a little bit. It's all right. It's going away. But you see, you have to, you have to listen. Shoes are just old as far as uh, being worn out. Sometimes something can just be be old. Worn out. He says here too, I wanted to make sure I showed this part to you. 
that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful rust, uh, lust, which grows corrupt. The word here, grows corrupt, is a present part of participle. The idea is, which is being corrupted. I have this in a, in a translation we'll read here at the end here for you. They will incorporate all that. But the old man which, which grows corrupt or which is being corrupted. It speaks of the progressive condition of corruption which characterizes the old man. The old man is in a progressive condition of corruption. Don't put that on. The unsaved person is thus subject to a continuous process of corruption which grows worse as time goes on. Now, how many people like dead things? Anybody like dead things? Dead mice. <laughs> dead spiders. Dead bugs. Dead cats. <laughs> we, we don't always like dead things. And... We don't necessarily certainly want to put them on. But when people take the old man out and put him on, we are putting on dead things. Now, people will run from dead spiders and dead mice. But this is a dead thing. Don't, we don't want to put it on. There's this one spot I run by every, every morning. It's over on the 202 bypass. And there's a deer that got hurt, uh, killed. And it was laying there by the side of the road. And usually they come on by the side of the road, you know, they pick up the dead animal. Well, nobody came by to pick up this deer. And you could smell it for a while. And uh, after a while, you don't smell it anymore. And things came along and picked it. Every time I go by, there he is. You see the skull, you see the ribs, you see different parts. I Never in my, in, every time I go by that, I've never thought, I'm going to go over there and see how, how this would fit. Put this guy. No, we don't put stuff like that on. It's dead. It's corrupt. It's decaying. But yet people will put the old nature on without thinking about it at all. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is a fun phrase he, he threw out here. Be renewed. It comes from the Greek word to renovate, reform, renew. To renovate, reform, or renew. Now, the phrase comes from a present passive infinitive. It's important to know that. Especially for all you English students, that would mean something to you. <laughs> present because it's a continual process. And passive because God accomplishes the work in believers only as they yield to the Holy Spirit. See, if it's active, as you be doing it. But it's passive. I yield to the work of the Holy Spirit. And I am renewed. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That phraseology there in English is about the best you can get. And be renewed. It's about as close as I think they can, they can do without getting wordy on this to let you know this is passive you need to let it be done to you by yielding to the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we are to do. 
Now it's the same as in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, <clears throat> which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There is a renewing of our mind that we need to come to. Now as greedy as you were for unclean things before, as a heathen, we need to be just as hungry for godly things now. Just as much as we wanted to sin in the world when we were sinners, we need to want the righteousness as believers and to pursue it with every bit. But it seems like so many Christians were pursuing the old nature. I'm pursuing the bitterness. I'm pursuing the unforgiveness. I'm pursuing to think the worst. I'm pursuing the jealousies and the envies and the covetousness. We're not supposed to be pursuing these things. We're not supposed to be putting those things on. We're supposed to be renewed. Let's read it again. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, is he talking about your spirit? Is he talking about your mind? In our spirit, our spirit was reborn. It was renewed when we became born again. We got a brand new spirit, but we still have the same mind. You have the same old body, but in the time to come, we will be given a new body. new body that is brand new, doesn't get, won't come to corruption. So we have the new spirit. <clears throat> we have the new body coming. We still have the same mind. That mind can be renewed on the Word of God as we listen to the Holy Spirit. What you do is not what your spirit wants to do. <clears throat> and it's not what your body wants to do. How many times have you been in a place and you want to go from here to there, but something about your body is preventing you? Something's not right, something hurts, whatever it might be. And I just can't get from here to there right now. Because of my body. I want to, but my body's preventing me from, from doing it. But, but the decision to do this is made where? In my mind. When I pursue things to learn, I may have the leading in my spirit, but where is the decision made? It's in my mind. When I renew my mind on the things of the Word, then my mind can take direction from the Spirit and say, my mind, the Spirit of my mind will say, the Spirit is saying we're going this way. That's the direction we're going. Because I got that, that, that direction there. It's just like when you're going on down the road and you've got the, your little map software up there and your map software comes up and says, there's an accident, here's a way around it. And your mind may say, I'm not changing. I'm going the way that I want. <laughs> you can keep right on going. I mean, the, the mapping software will just, if you don't make the turn, <clears throat> it's going to keep taking you on the, the direction right into the, into the teeth of the accident. But it's tried to get you around it. And if you get there into the midst of the traffic and all this stuff, you can't yell at the mapping software, why did you bring me into this? Because it tried to stir you around, but your mind said, no, I'm going this way. And this is what I'm going to do. It's the spirit of your mind.
So he says, let me pull that up again. That you put off concerning your formal conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, many times Christians, the spirit of their mind, I'm going to distrust this. I'm going to get mad at this. I'm going to believe the worst. And even sometimes we try and pretend, well, I won't show it. But the spirit of my mind is I still pursued this direction. Just don't pursue it. Just let it go. That's, that's how we need to, to walk. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Well, see, I've been renewed in the spirit of my mind. I'm not going to think that way. The devil comes to me and says, look at what that person has out over there. Shouldn't you have that? Oh, I should. Oh, I, I ought to have those kind of things. I don't know why I don't have those kind of things, but I should have those kind of things. And we get, uh, I'm not going to say it out loud because I know that's the wrong thing to say, but in my mind, I'm thinking it. That's going to take me down the wrong direction. And I'm not going to have the things of the new man because I'm putting on the old man. So first off, put off the old man. Secondly, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And third, that you put on the new man. Well, what good does it do to put on the new man if in the spirit of my mind, I'm not right? It's kind of like if in the spirit of my mind, when I was a little kid, <clears throat> my spirit of my mind, I want to play football and hockey. And mom comes on out and brings, lays out all these nice clothes for me to wear to school. What good does it do for me to put these things on if my mind is saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is the direction I'm going to go. I'm going to get them messy. I'm going to play in the mud. This is, this is my mind. I can put the new stuff on, but until I change the attitude of my mind, that new stuff isn't going to survive. I'm going to get it all, all messed up and dirty. i got to first off change my mind that says I'm going to, I'm going to act in a certain way. This is uh, part of the thinking I was always told anyway when they had the proms and, and so forth that the schools pushed for everybody to get dressed up for the guys to wear the suits and the tuxedos and the girls to wear the gowns because it changes their behavior. But if you don't change the spirit of their mind, they may for a little while act like that, but then they're going to start acting up just with nicer clothes on. And then the nicer clothes will get hurt and ruined. You've got to change the spirit of the mind. And so he says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Determine. I am not going to think this way. I'm not going to receive these things. I have put off the old man. I'm renewing my mind. I'm not going to be thinking like the old man did. I'm renewing my mind and then put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. I'm only ready for the new man after I put off the old and renewed the spirit of my mind. That's how I get ready. The process could be something like this. If you're getting somebody ready for the prom, you got to first off take the old raggedy clothes that they had on the ripped blue jeans, torn t-shirts. And then after that, you got to put them in the shower. 
They got to get cleaned up. Because if they don't, they're going to be stinky. They'll have new clothes on, but they'll smell. And then you can put the new clothes on. This is, this is the process we got to do. Get rid of the old. Renew the mind. Don't be, don't be picking up those thoughts. Don't be going after those directions. And then put on the new. I pulled in a couple of translations here for you. Oh, and when it says new man here, the new word there for new is new in quality. Not new in the point of time. That would be naos. But new in the point of quality. New in quality as opposed to the old in the sense of worn out. Marred or, or through age. We're not talking about <clears throat> we're not talking about new as in point of time. We're talking about new in quality. This is better. This is uh, you got an old truck, you got an old car, or you got a new one. The new one has better parts, smoother parts, does some things better. So we're to put off. Be continually removed. That, that word there for renewed is to be continually removed. It's, it's an ongoing process. I think I went over that. And put on the new man. On these three actions, Paul gives his exhortations for the next verses. These are the three actions that set up what comes next. If what we are hearing does not fall in line with this put off, be continually renewed and put on, then what we are hearing is not of Jesus Christ and is not fit for His body. We are the body of Christ. I've got to remember, I've got to make sure I hear things that are fit for the body of Christ. So I've got to hear things that come from Him. Williams translates all these verses this way. But this is not the way you have learned what Christ means. If, as I take it, you have heard Him, and in union with him have been taught the truth as it is seen in Jesus, have been taught the truth as it is seen in Jesus, to lay aside with your former way of living your old self, which is on the way to destruction in accordance with his deceptive impulses, and to have a, and to have a new attitude of mind, and to put on new the new self, which has been created in the likeness of God, which fruits in right and holy living inspired by the truth. I love that last phrase. Which fruits in right and holy living inspired by the truth. The truth should inspire the way that you live, the way that you think, what it is that you do. Weiss puts this translation this way. But as for you, not in this manner did you learn the Christ, since indeed, as is, the, as is the case, you heard and in him were taught just as truth is in Jesus, that you have put off once for all, with all reference to your former manner of life, the old self, who is being corrupted according to the passionate desires of deceit. Moreover, that you are being constantly renewed, with reference to the spirit of your mind and that you have put on once for all the new self who after God was created in righteousness and holiness of truth. That was the Weist translation. You can find probably both of those online or just come on up here if you wanted to take a look at them. Here, let's wrap this up.
Paul tells us that learning is doing. Learning is doing. I got to hear, but I got to do it. If I'm not doing it, I'm not learning it. It's not having an effect. Put uh, three what you's on, the, on there for you to fill out. What you practice, you learn. What you practice, you learn. If you practice unforgiveness, you learn unforgiveness. If you practice bitterness, you learn bitterness. If you practice judgment, you learn judgment. If you practice pride, you learn the ways of pride. If you practice thinking the worst, that's what you're learning. And the list keeps on going on. Whatever you practice, this is what you learn. Every opportunity you get to get mad at somebody for something is an opportunity to practice what is right, what is of the old man, or what is of the new man. It's up to, you, up to you. You can do what's right, you can do what's wrong. You can practice the old man. In order to do that, I've got to put them on. I've got to go over there and, and get the bitterness out, and get the unforgiveness out, and get the rush to judgment out, and get the thinking bad thoughts out. I've got to begin to, to pull all that out. What you practice, you learn. If you practice the piano, what do you learn? You don't learn the trumpet. If you practice dance, what do you learn? That particular type of dance. Whatever it is that you practice, that's what you learn. If you don't practice it, you don't learn it. There's a second one. What you yield to you will hear more of. If I yield to voices that are suspicious, I will hear more suspicion. If I yield to voices that tell me all the bad things people are doing against me, I will hear more bad things. Whatever I yield to, I will hear more of. If I yield to the revelation that Jesus wants to pour out to me, if I yield to His leading in the area of love, then I will hear more in this area. What I yield to, I will hear more of. Here's the third one. What you sit before will be your teacher. What you sit before will be your teacher. What things instruct you? Whatever it is that you do throughout the day, where did the instruction come from? Did it come from the Word? It come from another source. Whatever you think about the people that are close to you, where did the instruction come from? That's what you are sitting before. And that is your teacher. You may not like it, but that is your teacher. What you practice, you learn. What you yield to, 
you will hear more of, and what you sit before will be your teacher. And the fruits will be of light or darkness, of righteousness or unrighteousness. The Word of God says, by their fruit you will know them. That's how we will be known. What fruits do we want to have? Father, we thank you for the instruction in your word. The things that you tell us to do in your word are not something that we cannot do because you said that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. The yoke and the burden of the enemy is heavy. We think it's easier because there's less opposition, but it's heavy to carry all that around. The way of righteousness, the way of God, has much more opposition, but it's light. It doesn't weigh me down. We have a choice. We can walk the way of opposition, or we can walk the way of heavy loads and cares. Father, I'd rather walk the way of opposition and carry your yoke that is light than walk the way of little opposition with the heavy load of the enemy. Help us, Father, to open up our eyes if we have received anything that was untrue, has blocked us from the truth. Let us receive your light. Let us get the behavior that we do on a regular basis, to be behavior that is born of the new man, not the old. Remember, we must put off the old man, renew, be renewed in the spirit of our mind, and put on the new man. I thank you that you help us in this process. Boy, is our life better on the other side once we do it. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.